Thanks for taking some time to listen to this message on the Elevate Church podcast. We believe that God will speak to you wherever you are. Now let's prepare our hearts and hear what God has for us today. Celebrate a good God one more time. Amen. In fact, don't sit down yet. Don't sit down yet. Stay standing while I read this opening text because this really will set the the tone for this series that we are going into. This is from the mouth of Jesus who said this in Matthew chapter 7, verse 24. Therefore, anyone who hears these words of mine and puts them into practice, somebody say practice, is like a wise man who builds his house on a rock and the rain came, the streams rose, the wind blew, beat against that house, and yet what happened? It did not fall. We just sang about it. Rains came, winds blew, but I'm building my life on the rock. But he says this, but everyone who hears these words of mine and does not put them into practice is like a foolish man who built his house on the sand. The rain came, the streams rose, the wind blew, strife hit, depression hit, fear hit, COVID hit, come on somebody. Inflation hit, are you feeling that yet? Anxiety hit, a storm hit, that house beat against the house that wasn't built on the rock and because of that it fell with a great crash. How many of you know Jesus is not talking about building a house? The house is an analogy for building a life. In fact, he uses two different kinds of of builders. He said there's one builder that was a fool. Jesus called him a fool. And if you don't think, you know, if you think that Jesus was always saying the nice thing, the politically correct thing, like you don't know Jesus because he would tell it like it is. He said that person's a fool. Why? Because he heard, but he did not hold to what he had heard. He heard how to build it, but he didn't practice the way that he was taught to build the house. But then there's another guy who was wise. And he was wise because he heard the word and he listened and he learned from it and he built according to the word that he had heard. He put it into practice. And I'm praying that in this this series of talks, built different, that we will not just be hearers of the word. There will be doers. We will put this into practice. So one more time, God, I pray that your word would go out and accomplish its intended purpose. It says it it never returns void and it has the ability to get to the heart and the issues at hand. And so I pray that your Holy Spirit would convict us and lead us, teach us, guide us, correct us, whatever it is, God, we're ready to hear from you in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. You can have a seat built different. Come on, say that with me. Built different. My, uh, I learned all of my language, just so you know, from my boys, my four boys. They come home with like new words or new phrases, it seems like every other day. Uh, they, they'd come home wor- with words like, like cap and no cap. And I'm like, that's dumb. That's never going to last. And here we are. People are still saying cap and no cap. Like the other day, my, my boys came home and said, man, I was risen up that girl. And I'm like, I don't even know what that is but it doesn't sound like you should be doing it. Are you with me? Whatever that was. But one day they came home with this world just built, built different. They kept saying it over and over and over. They're like, man, that guy's just built different. Or they would say, dad, I'm just built different. 
And so I learned that what it means is that person, man, woman, whoever, there's just something about their ability that is uncommon. There's something about their, their level of skill that is not normal. You could say that, that LeBron James, he's just built different. You could say Michael Jordan, come on, the goat. He's just built different. You might say Lionel Messi. You know, that guy's just built different when it comes to, to soccer. My wife would say Tom Brady is built different, but she would not be referring to his athletic ability. <laughs> you pray for her heart. <laughs> built different is it, it, it said that, man, that person's level of skill, man, I just don't know how they got there, how, how they arrived there. They're just, it's just, it's uncommon. And I, I was thinking about that and I thought, man, here we are in a world that we are, are living in. And when it comes to how I believe we should build our families and structure our, our families according to God's word, when I read it, it just says we should be built different. I think our families should be built different because normal is not working. How many of you know that? Amen. The way that it's, it's culture is like casting vision for family and the family unit and structure, it's just not working. What do you mean? Here's some stats let me throw at you. Children between the ages of eight and 18 spend 7.5 hours a day on screens. That's children. Uh, if you are between 11 and 14, actually this, this small window there, it's nine hours a day on average. And I know it takes into consideration Chromebooks and you know television and you know uh, uh, smartphones and all that kind of stuff but think about this 7.5 hours a day that is a third of the the day almost it's a third of the 24 hour period so every year you spend a third of your year on a screen in every three years one of those years a whole year is spent on a screen I think we need to be built different are you with me and, and, and think about this, that 2.5 of those hours are on social media. 2.5 hours. Like add that up over a, a lifetime. It's unbelievable. And I think our goal in this series is to build um, uncommon families for an unstable world. That's really what we're trying to do, is in this series build firm, like strong families on firm foundations. And I love that the text we read, it says those who practice, practice this. Because how many of you know, you can desire to have your family built different all you want, but desire won't get you there. Desire in and of itself will not make it happen, will not cause you to be built different. You must put this into practice. Those athletes I talked about, they practice. Like they're not perfect. Like they still get stuff wrong. They still make errors, but they need to practice. Musicians have to practice in order to get better. Doctors do what's called practicing medicine. They're practicing it. They don't always get it right, but they practice it in order to kind of find the best treatment plan because science changes, things change and evolve. Lawyers, right, they practice law. They're practicing to get better. And so that's the goal. We are to practice. I'm not here to promise perfect families. I'm not even going to like preach at you from the position of like, I have this all figured out because I don't, but I am going to promise you progress if we build according to God's word. We're going to practice, practice. There's a, there's a, a thing called habit stacking. 
uh, that happens in your, your mind. It's almost like this muscle memory that the more you, you do something um, subconsciously, it's this part of your brain that is recording and watching everything that you, you do and want to do. And then it tilts the scales in the direction that it believes you're headed. It's called habit stacking. And what happens is you can use this toward uh, your, your advantage, for an advantage. It's just like, it's like this muscle memory. It's almost like the Siri of your mind. You know what I'm talking about? How Siri is always listening to you. Whenever you say anything remotely close to Siri. In fact, let's see if we can set off some phones. Hey, Siri. <laughs> nothing, nothing. But it's this habit stacking that, that happens. In fact, I would say it's more closely aligned to algorithms on social media because they, they take your search history and they collect that data and then they anticipate what it is that you want to look at, right? They anticipate what it is perhaps that, that you're viewing or what you want to buy in order to kind of push stuff on you. It's habit stacking. It happens with, with practice. Practice, it's this muscle memory. And so what we're going to do is practice building our life differently on a firm foundation. Again, not to make us perfect, but in order for us to progress. Because the goal is that hopefully it changes the outcome when you and I are faced with the storms of life. That we have decided we're gonna build our lives on a firm foundation because storms will come. How many of you know that? Like, Colby, I wish you could be more positive. All right, I'm positive, storms will come. And you're either in a storm right now, which some of you parents, you could be, or you're coming out of one or you're headed into one. It is inevitable. And so I want some guys to come out and help me illustrate this, this that, that Jesus talked about building our life on a firm foundation. Let's welcome these gentlemen to the platform. What's up, guys? And I want to use these three guys to help us illustrate the story that we read. Of course, first we have on the end, we have the architect. Is he a real architect? I don't know, but you don't either. And so whatever. Looks like an architect to me, right? He has some, some plans there. And those are the plans, actually, uh, if you want to unfold them a little bit, of this building. They're plans of the building that you're sitting in. How many of you are grateful that the plan of this building was followed, right? That we were allowed to sit where we sit. In fact, those plans originally had, had walls down where these um, support beams are. And so those plans helped us remove the walls and support the load of the ceiling so we could have an open room in here. We followed the plans. And so for the purposes of this illustration, he's not just the architect, he's gonna be the architect of life itself. He will be, we'll consider him God, which that's a little bit of an upgrade for you, isn't it? He's God, he's the architect of life. And next to him we have the builder. What's up, builder? Now, the builder cannot build however he wants to. If we have any builders in this room today, you understand that you have to follow the plan of the architect. And in fact, I would put it this way. The success of the builder is determined by his ability to follow the plan of the architect precisely. In fact, the greater he, care he takes in following the plan of the architect, the more he is able to build a house that is strong, that is stable, a house that will endure the storms of life. Are you with me? He doesn't just say, hey, I'm going to build however I want and wherever I want. He's not allowed to do that. And so his success is tied to his ability to follow the plan of the architect. Are you with me? This is what Joshua 1.8 says. This is God speaking to 
Joshua, after he's kind of taken over as leader of the nation of Israel, it says this, keep this book of the law always on your lips. Meditate on it day and night. Keep the plans, builder, of the architect always in your mind. Meditate on them. Know the codes. Know what's right. Know where you can build. Know how you can build. Know the right tools to build with so that you may be careful to do how much of it is highlighted for you. Everything. Everything written in it. Be careful to follow every detail of the plans of the architect. Why? Why? So that the architect can say, look at me, look what I was able to build through you. No. I'm sure the architect gets joy when you and I build our lives according to the plan that he mapped out for us. But it's not for us. Look what happens if you build according to his plans. It's for your own good. It says, then you will be prosperous and you will be successful. Does anybody want to be prosperous? Does anybody want to be successful? Like we just held a baccalaureate for a high school graduation here at our church and I'm thinking about those seniors moving on to a next season of their life. Like they want to be successful. They want to be prosperous in life. He says, this is how we, we do it. We meditate on the plans. We follow the plan of the, the architect and that way we'll build a house that is solid, that is strong, that is able to withstand some storms. We have to build it according to the plan in place. Uh, I was thinking about this, how there's a story of a wealthy man who found a builder and he gave him $500,000 to build a house. And the builder's like, that's a lot of money. I can do that. He said, just build me a little house. And so the builder thought, man, I can build it for half of that and pocket the rest of it. And so he goes out and he finds the cheapest piece of land, smallest piece of land he can find. It's like right next to a dump. Nobody wanted it found a cheap piece of land. He used the cheapest materials he could possibly find. He, he cut corners. He used unskilled labor. Nothing was up to code. And he succeeded in building the cheapest house possible. And so when it came time to turn the keys over to the man who funded the project, he walked him through the house, said, here you go. And he knew that he had cut corners and all that kind of stuff. The, the builder knew. And they're, they're leaving. And he gives the, the wealthy man the keys. And he looks at him. And he smiles. And he gives them right back to the builder and says, congratulations, you just built yourself a house. This house was not for me, it is for you. And I say that because, hey, builder, you build the house. God doesn't build it. God's not building your house, you build the house. Hey, mom, dad, parents, you build the house. God's not responsible for building your, your house, you are. And I say that because we need to be very careful as followers of Jesus, as Christians, on what we slide across the table to God and make his responsibility what he has clearly made our responsibility. We're called to build our house, not God. Are you with me? And there are some things, hey, let's be honest, you've slid across the table, said, God, you're going to have to do this. And God's like, uh-uh, uh-uh, I'm the architect. I've given you the plan to follow, you're the builder. And if you decide you're gonna cut corners in the way that you build your house, your family, your life, if you decide you're gonna use the cheapest material, if you decide you're gonna waste 7.5 hours a day on screens, 
If you decide you're gonna allow negative people to speak into your life through social media at two and a half hours every single day, and at the end of the, your life, you don't like what you have built, there is no one to blame but you. Are you with me? Oh, I'm coming for you today, right? Like I'm gonna get all up in your business because this is so important. I've never been more convinced that this is on us, how we build, how we build our house. God doesn't build your house, you do. You do, you build your house. And then we also have the, the apprentice, which this is my son Park, by the way. What's up, Park? Man, four times he's had to do this. You've done a great job. Way to go, bro. And the apprentice, um, like, like stand-up builder, come stand up here. You are loaded down, bro. Like just kind of walk around, do a little turn on the catwalk. There you go. That's nice. Yeah. Um, He's got everything he needs. Would you agree? Like he is fully equipped to build everything the way God has called him to build, according to the architect. He is fully equipped. But there has to come a time where there is this transition, a very real transition that happens when he passes on like tools to the apprentice. Go ahead and stand up, Park. And you can put that other one uh, on. In fact, in Jewish tradition, it says at the age of 13, which Park is 13, by the way. In Jewish tradition, they would have a bar mitzvah, which is this coming of age. You now become a man. You're, you're an adult. You're allowed to worship, you know, with the, other, with the other adults. And there's this very real transition that happens that we need to equip the apprentice with the tools necessary in order to build. And by the way, this transition happens before they leave the home, not after they leave the home. In fact, studies show that you have a very small window, parents, like between the ages of four and 14, that if your child does not meet the architect, what's up architect, and have a relationship with the architect by the time they're 14, when they leave the home, it is very unlikely that they ever will. Like the, the, the percentage drops like drastically. And so that's why we need to make sure that we equip them with the necessary tools. Like shame on us if we don't set him up well in order to build well. You guys can have, you guys can have a seat. But this point of transition is a very real thing that happens in our life. You, you can say it this way, like right now, Park comes to my refrigerator and goes to my pantry and gets whatever he wants out of it. And that's the way, you know, it should be. And he'll probably always do that even after he's gone, right? We, we know that. He'll come home and wanna get, but there should be a time where he has his own refrigerator. Praise the Lord. And his own pantry. Like right now he sleeps in the bed that we got him. He wears the clothes that we bought for him. I think I bought him those, those shoes because he knows if he wants shoes, he goes with dad, not with mom. He just knows this. But there needs to come a time where he understands now it's his turn to build. It's his turn to build. And can I tell you, the vast majority of the way he decides to build his life is going to be modeled after what he has seen built. That means it's on us. But there does come this transition where it is, is his turn to build. There has to be a point where by what and how 
he builds his life is up to him. And let me just say this to some of the parents in the room, like shame off of you if you're at that place where you're like, we didn't do it right. This transition didn't happen right. Like, like we, didn't, we didn't instill like, and equip them to follow the, the architect and now they're off doing this or that. And let me just kind of say this, hey, if, if they wanna build a house, like and they're out of the house and they wanna build one that's goofy and wacky and patterned after the world, that's not on you. There has to become a, a point where the builder becomes a builder, becomes a builder, becomes a builder. And if they decide to build that way, okay. There's nothing you can do about it. You have to own what you build. Are you with me? Like you have to own that. But while they are in our, our home, there has to be this transfer that happens. And the best teacher we have, by the way, how many of you know, is, is observation. It's experience. It's watching what is being built in the home and the way that the builders in the home rely on the plans of the architect. Rely on and follow God's word in their, their life, which is why I'll say this, this is critical no matter if you are you know, the natural mother or father or you are a mentor or you're help building you know, a, a home and establishing a home. Like you better follow builders that know and have a relationship with the architect. Are you with me? Not just randoms, but people that live their life, their physical life, like they know and are building according to the plans that they've been given through the architect. Because you need to know that at some point, you, you will always be a builder, but you will not be building in the apprentice's life in the same capacity. At some point, they will no longer be there. But I never want you to uh, forget the impact that you can have in their, their life for really generations and generations to come based on the way that, that you build your life. Like I think of um, uh, Elon Musk. You ever heard of Elon Musk? If you haven't, I don't know where you've been. Now, he's the CEO of SpaceX. He's the CEO of, of Tesla. Did you know his grandfather was a chiropractor in Canada and his grandmother was a, a dance instructor. She learned dance by, by trade. And his grandfather at one point like sold his business, did whatever, got his pilot's license, bought a single engine plane, took his plane on a boat to South Africa. And for the rest of his life, he took 12 expeditions in his plane searching for some lost city in South Africa. And now he has a son, grandson named Elon, who is still doing adventures to this day, is he not? Still searching for the unknown, still like chasing after these big adventures. I'm just saying, never underestimate the impact that you have on your children and your children's children by the way that you build your life. But again, shame off of you. If this hasn't, hasn't worked out the way that you thought it, not thought it would, today is a new day. But I never want you to underestimate how what you do impacts those coming after you. Because at some point, this guy, this builder, won't be there. In fact, Nate, thank you, you're done. Peace out. He'll be gone. And this right here, this picture to me, I'm telling you, this is one of the most sobering pictures in my life. To think that one day, like the way that I equipped my son to follow the architect, that it's all gonna be on him. Like this should wake us up as parents. This really should, should almost 
get us to that point of, man, we have to do this now. There's an urgency to the way we equip our children to follow the architect. And so I jotted just a few things down that I wanna share, share with you on what should be transferred over in that, that tool belt to help equip them to build their life according to God's word because God has plans for us, all of us. Jeremiah 29, 11, we know this, for I know the plans I have for you, says the Lord. I know the building plans I have for you. Building plans to give you a hope and a future, right? They're, they're, they're good plans for your, for your life. We understand that. So we need to equip our children to follow the good plans of the architect. And here's a few things we need to equip them with. Here's the first one, dependence. Like the first thing I have to do is make sure Park understands you need to be dependent upon God. Like you need to seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and then all this other stuff will be added unto you. Where do you get that? Well, I learned it from the architect part and I need to make sure you understand that too, that when the storms of life come, that that's who you lean on. That even though you walk through the valley of the shadow of death, right, you'll fear no evil. The Lord is your shepherd. You follow him in those moments. He is your strong tower. He is your mighty fortress. Like you follow, you better have a great dependence upon God because I won't always be there. Are you with me? So more than anything, you better make sure they know how to depend on God. And the other thing would be tied to that would be their identity. Man, with all these voices, with all this time spent on, on social media, all these voices speaking into our children's life on who everyone else thinks they should be, I need to make sure, Park, you don't need to listen to that. You need to know who God says you are. And God says you are an overcomer by the blood of the lamb. God says you are blessed going in and blessed going out. God says you are the head, not the tail, in Jesus' name. Right, I need to make sure he understands that. Otherwise, all these other competing voices are gonna speaking, speaking to his life. I'm like, no, 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 what God says about you is true. Otherwise, he's, he's gonna have these thoughts. I'm gonna be like, Park, you need to take those thoughts captive and make them obedient to Christ. You are not that way. Which leads me to communication. Think about that. And not just communication with God. I need to make sure I equip Park to know how to pray. That he sees his, his, you know, that modeled in his life. But also communicating with the Holy Spirit. But also other people. I need to make sure I under, he understands, Park, your words shape your world. You need to know that. And your words have a way of, of speaking things into existence, speaking things, you know, that become true in your, your life. So you need to make sure that you never say, I'm stupid, I'm no good, I'm whatever. Don't do that. That's garbage. Like you speak positive things over your life. Practical things. Things that will, you, you, you speak things that will build others up. That's what I learned from the architect. You speak only words of encouragement that will build one another up, not tear each other down. I learned from the architect that there is power of life and death in your tongue. And so you have the ability to speak life to people. You have the ability to, to take life away. And so make sure the way you communicate, I learned this from the architect and I need to pass it on to you. Are you with me? Here's, here's another one, attitude. Come on, somebody, attitude. Your kids ever give you attitude? Park's never given me attitude. I'm not even, I'm not even gonna look at him. But I better equip him 
and say, hey, you might not be able to choose your circumstance and what the world throws at you, but you get to choose joy. You get to choose your attitude in all your circumstances. You ever heard that altitude or attitude impacts altitude or, or the other way around? Like, that's so true, is it not? So you don't, like, you don't have to live mad at everything. Like anything that throws at you, anything people say about you, whatever you experience, you don't have to live mad. You can just live, live glad. I learned that from, from my mama who was a builder who instilled that in me because she learned it from the architect. And so now I'm teaching it to my son. In fact, I also learned from the architect about a guy named Paul who from prison, who from death row could preach about joy in all circumstances and in everything. But you get mad when somebody says something unkind? Come on, Park. No, we don't have to do that. We can live with joy in our life. We don't have to live mad. We can live glad. Are you with me? Like, that's what we get to do. Attitude. Attitude. And the other one would be stewardship. And this is a big one. This is a bigger one than a lot of times we think about. But, but Park, you know the reason why your mom and I, we return like a tithe, a 10% of everything God gives us, of our increase, back to God is because it demonstrates to the architect that he has our heart. And so you need to know that. It demonstrates to the architect that he is important in our life, that we understand all good gifts that we have come from him. And so you need to be aware of that, that that's why we return it back to God. And that every time we've done that, like we've, we've prospered, we've never wanted for anything. He says, test me in this and see if I don't throw open the, the floodgates of heaven. So we trust him in this. In fact, the architect told me that there's nothing tied to my heart like my treasure. And I want to make sure that the architect knows that he's my treasure, not my stuff. And so, Park, you need to learn this lesson early on in life that you need to return your increase back to the architect. And here's another one is serving others. Like I need to make sure he understands the reason why we, we serve each other, the reason why we take care of, of people, Park, is because the architect told me that the last will be first and the first will be last. The architect told me that Jesus came not to be served, but to serve others. And so you need to know that, that if somebody asks you to do something, hey, the architect told me I don't just you know, carry something for a mile, I carry it for two. I go above and beyond that the, the, the greatest in the kingdom of God is the least in the kingdom of God, right? And so that's what the architect told me. And so I need to equip him with that. So Park, be low, go low, get humble. Let's learn from the architect. Are you with me? And, and as far as going low, let's talk about humility. That's another thing that I need to make sure I equip him with because this is what the, the architect taught me. He said that God opposes the proud, but he makes way for the humble, you know what the proud person does? The proud person is the fool who built his life on sand. And what happened to that house? It fell over with a great crash. And so pride says, I can build it my way. But humble people say, no, I'm going to build it according to the architect. I'm going to build it his way. That's what it does. And then relationships. Man, this is, this is a big one. I need to tell Park and make sure he understands that you are to be friendly with everyone, but you better choose your friends wisely. Like how many of you have heard, show me your friends, I'll show you your future. You've heard that, right? It's so true. The people that you run with, the people that you do life with, like I think it's the most important decision that you make outside of the decision to, to give your life to following Jesus. 
It's who you're gonna spend the rest of your, your life with. So I need to make sure Park understands, hey, choose friends, choose wisely. Treat everyone like an image bearer of God because they are. That's why we love everyone. Don't ever walk into a room thinking like you're, you're above someone else. But also, I don't want you to be at the mercy of every voice. Like, not everybody has to have, you know, uh, access to your heart and to your, your life. We're to love people with the love of Christ, but we are to choose wisely who we let in, who we are, are friends with, and you better make sure they are friends that have your back. Friends that know the architect. Are you with me? Which is why I've been on this, like, uh, maybe social media kind of soapbox thing, and listen, I apologize, but I've been praying about this, uh, talking about with our staff and our family and saying, hey, I think at some point I'm gonna challenge this church to have a social media free summer. And if this is your last weekend at Elevate Church, hey, that's fine. <laughs> I didn't say when, I get it, I get it. I know it's tough, but do you realize social media is addictive for a reason? It is designed to be that way. The designers of it, the developers of it, they even keep their children off of it. That should tell you something right there. I'm just saying. But it's designed to be addictive. And I'm not saying when, but we're praying about, man, July, maybe July, I'd say, hey, no social media. Because it's not helping. I don't know about you, but I, I've never felt good about my life after being on it. And most people don't. In fact, here's, here's a stat I read from a study of uh, social media in the University of Utah. It says this, uh, research has shown that young adults who use social media are three times as likely to suffer from depression. Comparison, cyberbullying, all that's happening, you know, I'm not getting the likes or whatever, three times as likely to suffer from depression, putting a large population at risk for suicidal thoughts and behaviors. And according to the Center for Disease Control and Prevention, the number of suicides in females aged 15 to 24 has increased by 87% wow. over the last decade. 87%? Like, how many of you know in order to build different, we have to be different? We gotta do something different. The way the world is building is not, is not, it's not working. And I think social media, it's like you are giving a microphone to people who do not know the architect, who don't, don't like care about you, who don't consult the architect. It's like you're giving them a microphone to speak into your life, to speak into your heart. And I'm just telling you, I've never been more convinced that we have to build different. We just gotta build different. So that challenge might be, might be coming, look out for it. I'm just saying, I'll get off of that. I'll get off of that. Today is a day though, no matter what you've built, you need to understand we can, we can do something different. We can start over. In fact, um, deciding that the architect will guide and direct your life and that you put these into practice, I promise will set you up for for success when it comes to withstanding the storms of life. In fact, I'll do this. I'll, let me, Ben, you guys can come out and help me and thank you guys for sitting up here with me. Can we thank those guys? Can we do this? A little bit different today. If you are a parent in this room and you have children 18 years or under, would you just stand to your feet? I know this might be awkward. I know this might be a little like challenging for you. 
But the reason I want you to stand is because I want to talk to you directly. Because I need you to understand this and know that um, a home that is void of a biblical worldview is an easy target for the enemy to steal and destroy and rob you of your family's potential and of ultimately what God wants to build in the home. You need to know that. Like this whole talk about building different starts with understanding that we are building on the firm foundation that is Christ. That's the rock that we are, are standing on. And it has to start there. And I'm apologizing if I'm getting all up in your business right now, but the reality is probably all of us me included, there are some parts of our life and some parts of our family we've built on sand. I get it. I, I've done it too. Maybe we've allowed certain things to creep in. Maybe it's stuff we watch. Maybe it's, maybe it's screen time. I, I don't know what it is for you, but I'm betting that you do. I'm betting that there's something that you know as soon as the, the storm comes and it all starts to unravel and it starts to fall with a, a great crash. And so my prayer is that we would determine like from this day on, not that we're gonna be perfect parents because none of us will ever be there, but we are gonna do our best to progress and to build different. And so I'm challenging you to say, hey, from this moment on, I'm just, I'm gonna build different. I'm gonna do it different. I'm gonna build according to God's word. I'm gonna build according to the, the plans of the architect. And it is your responsibility as parents of little ones to identify through God's help and the Holy Spirit the plans that God has for your child. And then to pray that over them and to, to help them cultivate that in their life, to be able to determine early on like their, their temperament and their wiring. We believe that the way God wired you. So let me say this. You are not that young person's parent on accident. Like God was very intentional in putting you over the care of that little one. Very intentional about it. And so you are best equipped to lead them and point them to God. And again, we have a very small window and there is a point where your building stops and what you've equipped them with is what carries on. And so let's make sure we build strong. Let's make sure we build strong. And so I wanna pray for you and I'm gonna invite everybody to stand up. We're gonna pray for these parents as well. God, right now, I ask in the name of Jesus that you would identify areas of our life and our parenting, God, that we've, we've built on sand. Search me, oh God. See if there is any way in me that does not line up with your word and your, your will. And so I pray right now that you'd give the parents in this room courage and strength to perhaps build different. That it's okay to maybe start over. Maybe there are some things that need to get torn down and rebuilt in our lives and in our families. God, I pray for a, a supernatural ability to identify what you've put into our children in order to raise them up to be 
world changers, in order to raise them up to follow after your heart for their life, God. I pray for our little ones that they would come to know you as Lord and Savior and the God of their life early in life. God, forgive us. Forgive us. Like we don't want to, we don't want to miss our window of opportunity to point them to you. So God, help us to do that to the best of our ability. God, we look at the stats and we look at the world around us and it is not getting better. Whether you agree with the stats or not, it's not getting better. And we don't wanna be a stat. We don't wanna be a stat when storms come. We wanna build strong. And so I pray in the name of Jesus that you would help us do that. Come on, everybody said a good amen. Thanks for checking out this week's message on the Elevate Church podcast. We hope you really enjoyed it. If you made a decision to follow Jesus, congratulations. Welcome to the family. We would love to know about it, so please let us know by going to elevatechurch.com slash yes. There will be some practical resources to help you as you start this journey. If you want to support the mission and vision of Elevate, go to elevatechurch.com slash give. Thank you for living generously. We hope you enjoyed this message. Have a great week.